Valuable Bible Study Which vital book would you examine first? If you had to start a serious Bible study, whether you're a Bible novice or Bible informed, which book would you plunge into for a more profound understanding of God and His plan for humanity, you and me? Which initial book and why? Genesis? The first book of the Bible, the foundation and introduction, or Matthew, the opening book of the New Testament, story details of Christ, our Savior, John, the last apostle to die, who gives vibrant details about Christ's pre-existence through to his crucifixion prayer, resurrection, and aftermath, or Psalms, intimate prayers and conversations with God. Share in the comments the book you'd choose and why it should be the first for deep Bible study. Bible study. Genesis first. In the beginning is the total opposite of once upon a time. Why study Genesis first? Reason one. Novels start off with once upon a time, some vague fictitious story to tickle your imagination. Genesis starts in the beginning a definite moment in time that is a concrete fact. This is a true story that should motivate your thinking about reality. The first words of Christ to his disciples were believe the gospel, Mark 1. That includes the good message about the beginning. Christ himself quoted from Genesis 1 in Matthew 19. God created man in his own image. Christ puts his stamp of approval on Genesis. It is about the beginning, an excellent place to start your Bible study. Subscribe for more reasons. Study Genesis first. Reason two, the first major participants are immediately identified. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God, plural Elohim, created, singular verb, the heaven and the earth. Verse 26, let us, plural, make, singular, man in our plural image. The plural subject takes a singular verb. The second individual in the plural God Elohim is Yahweh Elohim. Genesis 2 verse 4, the creator of the man and woman. John 1 identifies Elohim as the Father and the Word, Jesus Christ. Verse 3, the Word made all things. The participants in Elohim are two God beings, Father and Son, plural, acting as one singular unit. John 17, 11, Christ and his Father are one. Study Genesis first. The third major element, Spirit. Is it God? Genesis 1, 2. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. In the Bible, God never moves. God has many actions. Create, verse 1, says, sees, calls, makes, and divides. But God never moves. The term Spirit of God, moves, wholly differentiates Spirit from God. Spirit is not God. Ruach Elohim is the Spirit of God. It belongs to or is possessed by God. Genesis opens by immediately presenting three spiritual entities. First, Elohim, God plural. Second, Yahweh, the word, singular. And third, the spirit possessed by Elohim, God. Details in mind-body problem solved. Study Genesis first. Reason four. Elohim, 
Yahweh and Spirit are three givens, no details. First, Elohim is plural. Second, Yahweh Elohim is the Creator. And third, the Spirit belongs to Elohim. These are all on a spiritual plane. We are presented with their physical work, their seven days creative accomplishments in great detail. We don't learn about where they come from, their eternity, who or what they are, their character or personality. These details come later. We discover they are instruments of creation. Elohim creates and makes. Yahweh forms, makes, builds. In this introduction, Elohim, Yahweh, and the Spirit are taken for granted. Their knowns implicitly accepted with no elaboration. Details in mind-body problems solved. Study Genesis first. Reason five. Without form and void. Why stated in Genesis 1 verse 2? God created heaven and earth. Immediately afterward, it states earth is without form and void. That is waste, confusion, and emptiness. Like spirit moves, Tohu and Bohu seem to be out of place, disconnected from the creation text. Tohu, without form, is mentioned 19 times in the Old Testament. Next, in Deuteronomy. Bohu, void, only three times, and the next is in Isaiah. Spirit is used hundreds of times. Next, in Genesis 3, critical thinking, meditation, study, and guidance are essential for comprehension. Tohu and Bohu are related to the origin of the serpent in Genesis 3. It creates waste and confusion. Not God. Details in origin of the universe. Study Genesis first. Reason 6. Why the opposition between void and spirit in Genesis 1 verse 2? There's a definite contrast of without form, void, and the Spirit of God. It's a short story. God transforms destruction into restoration. On the one hand, power behind the void. Ephesians 2, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit working in the children of disobedience. The serpent and its cohort wreak havoc on earth. And on the other hand, the power behind the creation. Romans 15, Christ did mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God. Spirit power transforms waste into beauty, ugly to good. Genesis opens with the devastation of water and darkness converted to dry land and light. Study Genesis first, reason seven. The Bible story in three words, void to light. God's perfect plan starts with one short but immense saying. Genesis 1, let there be light. That's the light of the world, physical creation. 4,000 years later, John 1, in the beginning was the Word, Yahweh, the Son, and the Word was with God, Elohim, the Father. All things were made by Him, Genesis creation. In Him, Yahweh, the Son, was life, and the life was the light of men, spiritual creation, future, Revelation 21, and the city, New Jerusalem, had no need of the sun or moon. The Lamb, Yahweh, the sun, is the light thereof, from physical void to spiritual light, beginning and end of creation. Study Genesis first, reason eight. It's the first five minutes of the story. Genesis 1 is the beginning of the story. 
You don't start in the middle of a book. The introduction sets the stage. You're plunged into the story's world and characters. First, heaven, the universe. Second, earth, with an accent on food production. Let the earth bring forth grass and the fruit tree yielding fruit. Food for humans and all animals. Also, lights in the firmament, sun and moon, for seasons for harvesting, a unique supply system to feed 8 billion people a day, and billions of fauna. And third, characters, Elohim, plural, and male and female in God's image and likeness. Start Bible study in Genesis 1. Study Genesis first, reason 9. Belief in the creation. The Apostle Paul in his first book in the New Testament, first chapter, focuses attention on Genesis creation. Romans chapter 1, because that which may be known of God is manifest in the ungodly. The invisible things of God from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Air, water, land, creation days 2 and 3. Scientifically, each has its complex composition to support life, regulated to the nth degree. The three interact to support life, remove a single part, and life collapses. Belief starts by seeing God in the physical Genesis creation and grows to faith in the miracle of the resurrection of Christ. Genesis leads to Christ. Study Genesis first. Reason 10. The ultimate question about God answered. Before the universe existed, how did God come into being? Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. God precedes everything before molecules, elementary particles, and quantum fields. Why? Because God is eternal, everlasting, without beginning, without end. Elohim and Yahweh are givens at the beginning of Genesis. But Yahweh, yud Hey vav Hey, means I am. It includes I was, I am, I will be. Can you explain eternal? No. Genesis opens with God. It is a faith-based declaration. How did God come into being? He didn't. God, Elohim, Yahweh Elohim, is eternal. Study Genesis first. Reason 11. Miracles established our world and science. God is a God of miracles, events inexplicable by natural or scientific laws. Genesis creation is a series of miracle after miracle. Every single mathematical equation, universal fine-tuning law, and axiom are the result of God created the heaven and the earth. Science measures miracles and figures out how God's creation works. Yahweh's questions to Job about the universe are the same today for you and me. Job 38. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Who has laid the measure thereof if you know? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? Study Genesis first, reason 12. The Bible is not a science book, but it is scientific. King Solomon describes natural phenomena created in Genesis scientifically.
Ecclesiastes 1. The wind goes towards the south and turns about to the north. That's geographic magnetic concepts. It whirls about continually, and the wind returns again according to its circuits. Meteorology. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither the water returns again. Hydrology. First Kings 4. And Solomon spoke of trees, beasts, fowl, creeping things, and fishes. Astronomy, biology, botany are woven into the biblical narrative. Scientifically correct descriptions are included in the Bible. Genesis reveals the delimitation and relationship between theology and science. Theology and science borders are perfectly defined. Genesis 1. God created the heaven and the earth. God created is theology. Heavens and earth are science. God said, let there be light. Theology explains the origin and why God created it. Science investigates how light works, what it can be used for. There's a strict demarcation, separation, what God can do and humans and universal law cannot accomplish. 1 Kings 4.33, And King Solomon spoke of trees, beasts, fowls, creeping things, and fishes. He describes natural phenomena, science, created, theological events, days 3, 5, and 6 in Genesis. Do you believe the awesome miracles of creation trump science? Study Genesis first, because God's Word, theology, poses the basis of science. Someone commented, Theology explains absolutely nothing. God is no more than a fictional character. Science can explain everything. Well, consider this. For centuries, the best science brains are empty-headed about consciousness and mind. Psalm 139 tells us, I will praise you, God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. Oh, that all souls grasp God's creation. I challenged the detractor to read Mind-Body Problem Solved for the theology of consciousness and mind based on the biblical Hebrew of Genesis 2 verse 7, breath of life, neshama. Grasp God's unique perspective for the world and humankind. The beginning of Genesis is divided into three sections. First, Genesis 1 through 25. God prepares earth for humans like arranging the baby room before its arrival. At the end of each day, and in the middle of the sixth day, we see, and God saw that it was good. Second section, Genesis 1, 26-31. Humans created in God's own image. We see it was very good. And third, Genesis 2, verses 1-3. through The seventh day Sabbath. God rested, and humans rested. But remember, they had just been created, hadn't worked, so why rest? To show human dominion over the first section, earth and living things. And God taught them that they were under Him, their Creator and Teacher. Creation Week reveals the beginning and ending of God's plan. Study Genesis first, reason 16. First, Genesis starts with the earth without form, void, and darkness everywhere. Second, transformation. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. 
Yahweh uses his spirit power to create light, water, land, animals, and his ultimate purpose, humans. And third, the week ends with the seventh day of rest. At unlockbiblemeaning.com, check the meaning of rest in Strong's Concordance. The last weekly day symbolizes ceasing of void. Without form is replaced by lack or absence of suffering. Darkness becomes stillness and rest. The end of God's plan is putting away, ridding the world of chaos and confusion. It's restoring celebration. It shall be reached in God's time. Genesis 1 plunges Bible readers into two distinct types of created living beings. It is a funnel starting wide, heaven and earth, then converging on fauna, first type of beings, and finally pinpointing humans, the second type of beings. All animals carry the description after his or their kind. It is repeated 10 times. And in verse 25, God made the beast after his kind and cattle after their kind, everything that creeps after his kind. Then a radical break in the context. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, similar to after their kind. The former animal kind is good, but the latter God kind, humankind, is very good. Meditate on this vital distinction. The rest of the Bible focuses on the story of humankind. Discover God's makeup, his pure male and female nature. In Genesis 1, God created humans in his own image. Male and female created he them. God is the perfect combination of male and female qualities. Men and women can be compassionate and ferocious, opposite qualities, but the tendency associates female compassion and male ferocity. In the Bible, we see the same sinless God dying for our sins, the most compassionate act ever, also destroying all humanity during the flood, considered ferocious and inhumane. The point is, God knows how and when to precisely dose compassion and ferocity. We humans, in his image, male and female, must learn the balanced mastery of both. That's the reason a male and female couple complete each other. Genesis reveals the key spiritual characters of the Bible story. Let's get it right. We must coherently answer the following questions. Why is God, Elohim, in the seven-day creation week solely mentioned 34 times in Genesis 1 and 2? Why does the plural Elohim always take a singular verb? Why is our, plural, image likeness used twice in Genesis 1 verse 26? Why is Yahweh Elohim solely used 11 times in the narrative of the creation of the man and woman in Genesis 2? Some theologians say there are two authors for Genesis 1 and 2, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God, 2 Timothy 3. Genesis gives clues to the answer. Be fruitful and multiply, plural. Man and woman shall be one flesh, singular. Genesis reveals the extreme contrast of human composition. Genesis 2 verse 7, the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life. First, dust, the lowliest material on earth, useless waste. 
second breath, in Hebrew, neshama. Job 33, the breath, neshama, of the Almighty, a spiritual element, has given me life. God transferred an integral part of himself, his own spirit, his neshama, to each human. Humans are a combination of dust, the lowest of low, and neshama, the highest of high. We should study Genesis first to understand our composition and why. Neshama is vital to fulfill the mission God gives us on earth. The vicious villain, the ugly third character in the Bible story. Study Genesis first. It introduces good God, bad dust humans, and the ugly serpent. Revelation 12.9 reveals the essential details, and the great dragon, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world, was cast out into the earth. Note the names of this indignant character, dragon, devil, and Satan. Study the meanings at unlockbiblemeaning.com. It deceives not the minority nor the majority, but the whole world. In Genesis 1, without form, void, and darkness, describe the serpent and the result of its wicked work. Click the link below to see why a good God allows an ugly serpent into the Garden of Eden to deceive all dust humans. You always know what a baby animal will become and do, never for a human baby. Why? Animals sleep, eat, reproduce, and survive, and they do it remarkably well, but that's all they do. Puppy or calf's behavior and accomplishments will always be the same. Genesis 7. Animals only possess the breath of life, ruach, spirit. Animals are animated by ruach spirit alone. Humans. Every child is different. You cannot predict their adult behavior or accomplishments. God gave humans rulership over earth. Each manages their chosen path differently. Humans possess something animals lack. Genesis 2 verse 7. The Lord breathed the breath of life, neshama, divine essence, into humans. Genesis reveals humans are not animals. Creation events unfold God's astonishing master plan for humankind. First, he creates the environment, earth as a training ground for his children. Second, he creates humans, his future sons and daughters. Third, he creates the Garden of Eden, humans with God, the meaning of Emmanuel. Fourth, he creates the Sabbath, their first event before any work. The meaning of Shabbat is cease from sin, rest by applying God's way, confirmed by Christ in Matthew 11. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That's our responsibility. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Study Genesis first. The whole plan of God is there. Genesis chronology unlocks God's purpose for creating humanity. In Genesis 1-1, the backdrop is heaven and earth, but the overlooked verse 2 is crucial. The start is tohu vabohu confusion. God's first goal is create light, representing Christ in John 1. All things are put under his feet, 1 Corinthians 15. 
God's second goal is from the void of day one to the Sabbath, ceasing from sin and resting in God's peace, the ultimate seventh day. And God's third goal is confusion progressing to not ashamed in Genesis 2.25, meaning not confused. See Strong's H954. 1 Corinthians 14.33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. That's the author's story in Genesis 1 and 2. The incredible creation and destiny of the man and woman in Genesis 2. Why only one verse for the creation of man and four for the woman? Genesis 2.7, breath of life, is neshama. This is the one essential component that makes humans human. Each human gets this at birth, and it returns to God at death. Mind-body problem solved explains that humans are a composition of dust, neshama, and ruach, material and immaterial. Woman is bone and flesh of the man, Genesis 3.20, the mother of all living, H24.16, which leads to H2421, Chaya, KJV translations, recover, repair, restore to life, revive, save. Woman is a resume of salvation, explained in the book, Origin of Woman. God states his entire higher purpose for humanity in Genesis 1 and 2. Some think there's confusion when God creates man and woman in Genesis 1 and 2. Absolutely not. Chapter 2 completes and complements chapter 1. Genesis 1, 28. First, human dominion. In modern terms, sustainable ecology is a key subject today. Human impact on land, air, and water. Second, humans multiply, establishing families and nations. Today, consider the mental health of children and adults in society. Genesis 2 details the same subjects. First, dominion, reaffirmed with dress and keep the Garden of Eden. And second, multiply at the end of chapter 2. Adam and Eve, one flesh, is sexual relations, including procreation for establishing family. Genesis 1 and 2 go together like a hand in glove. Genesis reveals two creations. The physical is evident, but the spiritual is hidden. 1 Corinthians 15 not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. First natural, physical creation, days one through six. Second, spiritual creation, day seven. Proper translation of Genesis 2-3. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he had rested with all his work, humans, which God created to make, infinitive in Hebrew. God is making humans on the Sabbath, spiritual conversion. That is the Sabbath. Cease from sin and rest in God's way. Physical creation is finished, but spiritual creation is ongoing. First the physical creation of humans, then the all-important spiritual process God is following with all humans, His ultimate spiritual creation. First physical, then second spiritual. We rule and teach now to become future kings and priests. God gave humans their dual purpose in Genesis 1. God said to them, multiply family and have dominion, rulership over earth. Why? In Revelation 1, Jesus Christ has made us kings and priests. In the future, first, 
will be kings with dominion, rulership, and second, priests who teach. See Deuteronomy 24. Now, first, in our vocations we rule or manage our earthly resources, and second, in our families we teach children, government and family, rulership and education. Our profession and family are the perfect physical situations for developing into spiritual kings and priests.